All right. So welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast. And today we're talking about the Boss Baby family business. And this is a sequel to, I want to say it was either 2017, 2018. The Boss Baby is an animated movie, and I actually liked it. Very genuine. So the original Boss Baby was about two brothers. Then there was also this company called Baby Corps that like one of the brothers figures out that younger brother is a part of, of Baby Corps and that had Alec Baldwin in it, but it worked. Playing off of the younger brother is going to be very mischievous and where did the younger brother come from? And he actually came from Baby Corps. This one follows up on that. So then the movie... It just jumps to a later time when they're all adults. So, like, both of the brothers are adults. Brother Tim has a daughter. And it's kind of like the same cycle coming over again. That daughter figures out they're going to have a sister. And that's kind of how the movie ends. So, like, this one picks up with this company, educational school. And they're going to brainwash the children. From a personal standpoint, and as much as I like the original Boss Baby, this one just did not need to be made. Like, Boss Baby made money in the theaters, but did Boss Baby need a sequel? No, it did not. And then I want to say the Boss Baby also had a couple of TV series, or at least one TV series on it's either Netflix or something like that. So... There's been enough of this out there for people really not to want to see more Boss Baby stuff. So it's not like it was gone from the consciousness. Oh, look, they made another Boss Baby. It's kind of like, all right, well, we made Cloudy, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2 or Hotel Transylvania 1, Hotel Transylvania 2. And it's just like, well, then the next time we're just going to make it about the kids. That's really what happened in this movie. The story is not very good. And again, it's just a sequel that nobody needed. Nobody was asking for it. Nobody was looking for the boss baby. And the sequel was about as not good as I expected it to be. Maybe just because I had high expectations of the first movie. And I saw that one in the theaters. And I liked it a lot. Think about that movie a lot. And just some of the stuff that happened in the movie between like my brother and I, this one did not need a sequel, did not need to exist. And it's getting a four. It's watchable if you just put it on. But if you really want to have some fun with the movie, I would probably just say, go watch the original one. It was more sincere. And this one kind of just goes off. And the reason why it exists is probably likely for more social current climate reasons. That you can't have certain lead characters. That's the reason why this movie exists. Going to give this a four. Any questions, Matt? <laughs> right. This was not on my list of things to watch. I was, my friend sent the leak to the trailer. I knew that they were making another movie. But I had not seen the trailer. And then when I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh, this is not good. This is not going to be good. But again, the original Boss Baby was good. I expected this one to be in. I had set aside some time for this movie. I was like, I was going to watch it. Friday night, it's like, no, no, let me just set aside some time. Like, I don't want to rush through this. I want to sit down and enjoy a good cup of Boss Baby. (laughs) uh, I did not get anything I wanted this weekend, but that 
John Cheadle movie, still good. No Sudden Move, which is a crime thriller movie written by Steven Soderbergh, who I have not seen one of his movies in a while. So Steven Soderbergh, Magic Mike. (laughs) He's known for that. Haywire that had Gina Carano in it. And also he did Contagion, which was about a virus (laughs) plague because of the pandemic. Stop me if you heard that one before. He'd also done some of the Oceans movies. So that's really where a lot of Steven Soderbergh stuff centers around. So kind of crime thriller action. And stars Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, and David Harbour. And also prize appearance for Matt Damon. The synopsis is a group of criminals are brought together under mysterious circumstances and have to work together to uncover what's really going on when a simple job goes sideways. So it starts off with Don Cheadle's character getting out of prison. As soon as he gets out of prison, he gets introduced to like a character at a bar that says, hey, we know you just got out of prison, but we have a job for you. Then he's asking questions about what this job is. I was like, well, go to this location. You'll get more information. So when he goes to the other location, I want to say starts shooting off to Benicio Del Toro, who's uh, cheating with somebody's wife. He also gets a similar call about go to this location. We have a job for you. You'll figure it out once you get there. So what happens? They both get there. They're told babysit a family while something happens. So this is also a period piece. So it's like late 60s, 70s, which actually works in the favor. There's a reason why it's set in that time period. So set in Detroit, they go to this family's house in basically more or less ski masks. They go on a set of masks and they're there to tell the father or the husband of the family, we know where you work at. There's something in the safe. We need what's out of the safe. Like, we're not going to harm you, but as long as we get what's in the safe, it's okay. Kieran Culkin, who is Macaulay Culkin's brother, is also a part of that group that's helped with the heist. Character who is like David Harbour, the father. He works at GM? Is he the GM of Ford? He's supposed to go to his boss's office to figure out what's in the safe and return it back to John Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro. But when he gets there, David Harbour's character is also cheating on his wife. The person that he's cheating on is the secretary of the boss. David Harbour is supposed to tell his wife that I'm going to leave you. I'm supposed to be having this wonderful romance with the secretary, which actually does not happen. So when he gets to the office, the secretary confronts him. He's like, did you tell your wife what's going on? He was like, well, hey, I have something else going on. If he doesn't return in a certain amount of minutes, his family's going to be killed. So he's trying to figure out how he can get to the safe and then basically breaks into the secretary's drawer to get the key, but then the safe is empty. From that point on, David Harbour is thinking about, well, maybe I can fake the document. So he just grabs a random folder off the desk because nobody knows what's the contents of the folder other than the people that are conducting the job. But when they return back to David Harbour's house, 
one of the characters asked Kieran Culkin to read off the documents. The documents are wrong. So then Kieran Culkin's character is supposed to kill Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro. Don Cheadle's character kind of stands up for the fam. He's like, hey, what's going on? I don't understand all this. So he kills Kieran Culkin's character. And then the people that hired them call back to the house to say, uh, put Charlie on the phone. Charlie is now dead, like lying on the floor. So then Don Cheadle comes up with the whole plan about Kieran Culkin's character broke into the house. They call the police. And then there's a whole bunch of questions being asked to David Harbour about like what happened. That's kind of where I'll stop. This movie has a lot of layers to it. And it's really about who has the upper hand. So again, Don Cheadle's character and Benicio Del Toro character are really left in the dark pretty much the whole movie about what's actually happening. So every time that they think they made a breakthrough about who might have hired them, like what is all this stuff about, somebody else is there to get the upper hand or to manipulate them into thinking that something is different than what it is. So it's really Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro for the bulk of the movie. And they're working together to, one, try to make money off of this, which was like the original goal, just do this job, you make some money. And then when it's much more complex than that, they start trying to manipulate the people that are responsible for the job to get more money. So they start trying to blackmail the people. Then that starts off like this whole other problem where obviously people that either wealthy or not or crime bosses don't want to be taken advantage of. So it starts these two different paths throughout the movie. And also Brendan Fraser is also in this movie, which was like random. Like I haven't seen him in a long time. But, wow, he's been gone for a while. Yeah, I want to say the last time I saw him was that, that Journey to the Center of the Earth movie that then he got replaced by The Rock. <laughs> it looks like he's been working. He's been doing a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, it's actually a good movie. I like the movie. And it's not the most well-paced crime movie, but I would probably say if you kind of understand a lot of the Ocean's Eleven type of stuff, and obviously Don Cheadle was in those movies. It kind of has that vibe to it. That, again, you just kind of bring in all these random characters together into this one event. So for you, Matt, I would probably say you might get something out of it. And it's not a very long movie. I want to say it's about an hour and 40-some minutes. So it was okay movie. It was okay. I enjoyed it. And I'd probably give it like a 6.5. Like 6.57. That's very good coming from you. Yeah, I like a lot of crime, drama, mystery movies. Like I said, the time period works for this movie. Benicio Del Toro and Don Cheadle are good actors. And also David Harbour is a good actor. The different layers of the movie about who's one about who's one up and who, who's actually manipulating the whole entire situation works in his favor. Again, I like the movie a lot. And also Bill Duke is in the movie. He was in Predator. <laughs> Let me Can we get a proper Predator movie, please? Uh, probably not. You got Predators, which was probably about 10 years ago at this point. Uh, One that doesn't have a Annihilation in it. Shout out to Bill Duke. He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Beast Game Park. 